Greetings and welcome to the Listen to Your Footsteps podcast. I am Koja Bafu and this podcast is an extension of my book by the same name. In the book Listen to Your Footsteps, I share in a collection of essays, anecdotes and poems some of the lessons life has taught me on loss, identity, fatherhood, work and everything in between. Having worked in various parts of the media, one of the things I've always appreciated has been the opportunity to also get a peek into the paths that other people have taken. This podcast is an opportunity for me to continue to learn from others and hopefully let you get a glimpse into their wisdom. My guest for this show is George G. Macheke. He is the CEO and founder of Marvin's World, which can be best described as a publication, content hub and media platform focused on black men. He was trained as a graphic designer, he has worked as an art director and founded multiple online publications. In this episode, we chat about the moment that changed the trajectory of his life, growing up in Alexandra Township, fatherhood, being an example and raising a son, the evolution of media and the importance of helping others through the door. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Okay, so first of all, thank you for coming on to the Listen to Your First Step podcast. Not a problem. Thank you for inviting. So my first, my first question is, is um, a, a boy from Alexandra Township. Yes. Who decided he wanted to study graphic design. Yes. How do you discover, I mean, growing up in my city, I didn't know that there was something called graphic design. So yes. when, when, was that, when was that spark or that idea formed? And yeah. what was it informed by? So um, it was actually informed by my best friend. Uh, his name is Um, He's a graphic designer. So um, I remember when I was in high school, I used to go to, I don't know if you remember RJL. Yeah. Uh, RJL, they had, they would have like a, on Fridays, they would have like pamphlets about what, where parties are happening, blah, 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 all of those things. And every Friday I would go to RJL and just collect different pamphlets, you know? Mm. And I like, I'd be like, I like, I like what, I don't know what this thing is, but I like it and I want to do this. So Kahiso was, was uh, he's older than me. So he studied graphic design. And I'm like, uh, this is what I want to do. He's like, oh, that's what I'm studying, uh, graphic design. Then we got closer and closer, you know, and he would tell me, this is what you do. This is what you don't do. And obviously at the time, it, it, was, uh, it was taboo. Like, and also you couldn't explain graphic design. It is yeah. just like nowadays you... You can you you can go to Google and explain. Have so many examples, and you can also have so many examples of black people who have done graphic design and say these people have done this and they've been successful. So after that, it was just convincing my parents this is what I want to do, and 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 that was just something else completely. You know, how did you um, explain it? Because like you're so, saying, so, it was, so it was my, a hard thing to describe and. Um, I think, I think it was might have been Donovan who talks about, you know, or I've heard people talk about. Okay, so you're going to be a sign maker. Is this what like is this what it means? Yeah, yes. So, so I I sat my parents down after my trip 
And I said, I want to do graphic design. So I've done all the research now, how much does it cost, all of those things. So my mother was a cashier for pick and pay for all her life, right? My grandmother uh, was a domestic worker. So the, 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 the education is very limited. My mother had a metric. So I had to sit them down and say, uh, I want to do graphic design. They're like, what, what is that? And I'm like, so what draw ya or computer? So you draw on the computer. They're like, okay, so how much does it cost? As like 25,000 rand a year. So there was a pause. Then my mother was like, how about you draw without the 25,000 rand? And I was just like, yo, yo. That's not the point. It makes sense. I, and if you say you're drawing on a computer, like, then how about you just figure out the drawing? You know, and I was just like, it's, yeah, but it's, so now, now you don't have a, a comeback because you thought that they would get it. Mm. So my grandmother was like, it was at the time where catering was such a, was such a big thing. Like every year there was a, a career that was booming in, 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 in the townships, you know? Uh, one time there was IT. So this year, particularly, it was catering that was booming. So my grandmother was like, how about you do catering? Because you're going to make babies. So you can't stay at home. You know, you need to do something, anything. So catering, I know it's going to cost 5,000 rand a year. And I'm willing to pay that uh, so that you can do something. Because if you stay at home, you're going to make babies. And we don't want babies right now. And I was just like, yeah, man. you know, it's, it's, it's not a conversation. Like these people are so far removed mm. from, from, from the ideas of what I want to be. So they have no, they have no context, right? So there's no, there's, there's no clear reference point. None, none whatsoever. And also I couldn't point out at anyone in my neighborhood or in Alex to say this person has done graphic design and therefore, and they've been successful, mm. you know? So there were, I remember there was a point where Lazi, Lazi um, he was able to point at me when he was explaining to his parents to be like, this is the guy who does graphic design. Uh, he's successful. He's got a nice car. He's moved out of the hood. And they could get it like, oh, okay. So it's, mm. you're not... You're not, you're not going to take my money and do drugs or whatever the case might be. But like, you know, this thing, it's a career, you know? Were you always, were you always artistic? I mean, do you, do, you consider, do you consider that an extension of, of any type of relationship with, with art? Yeah. I mean, were, so, you draw, so, were you drawing growing up, that sort of stuff, which, which made, because it's, it's one thing to say, I want to do graphic design. So, for example, I was yeah. never... I was never particularly gifted at doing anything with pictures um, yes. growing up. So for me to go, yeah. okay, I want to be a graphic designer uh, would have felt too big of a jump. Yes. So, so I, I get my, my artistic um, abilities from my dad. So he was very artistic and he was a DIY kind of guy. So I grew up seeing him do those things. So I've been drawing as as you know, since since I can remember. I was that guy at school, like at primary school, um, where if we had assignments where they would ask you to do a sketch, I would do sketches for other people. 
Like I do mm. mine, then I, I'll do it for my friend. I'll do it for this one. I'll do it for that one. So I, for me, it was just a hobby that I could do. I would draw hands when I was bored. I'd draw, draw anything, really. And I was good at it. Um, then in high school, uh, when I went to a private school at some point, um, I took art as, a, as, a, as, as, as one of the subjects. And it's one of the, the, the subjects that I did very well, like painting and all of those things, you know. So, um, yeah, I did, like, I was, I, I knew that I liked drawing from the beginning and it just morphed into other things or digitally as well, where I could just do it um, uh, with the machine instead of uh, uh, picking up brushes and pencils. So how do you then go to school? Because so, your, your, your grandmother's like, I've got 5K for catering. <laughs> you can make food for weddings and funerals. Um, like draw. You, your, your mother's like uh, drawing the computer without any 5k so so my parents now they're like so my, my dad passed on literally a year before my dad passed on in 2001 and i matriculated the following year so so a, a lot of people like um they always say that matric was hard like i don't remember my matric yet I don't remember it at all. And it was because of my dad. Like, it was such a, a blur because I was just going through grieving. Mm. And also, like, when you're a child, you don't even know, you don't understand what grieving is. And this is the biggest, uh, the first death that you had to encounter that is this close. So you don't even understand what's happening. So as soon as my parents were like, they can't afford it really because that was the nutshell of it. You know, I was like, okay, my plan B, my mother works at pick and pay. So I need to get a job at pick and pay and save money so I can go to school. That was the plan. Gave my mother's CV and everything. She was just waiting for processes so that I can get an interview and get a job. Like, shop. So you're listening to YFM, you know? Um, and every morning they're like, Boston Media House, if you're a graphic designer, animator, interested in media studies, enter this um, competition to go uh, get a, a three-year scholarship. And I was just like, you, okay. All you have to do is uh, write an essay why uh, you deserve the scholarship and uh, send some of the work that you've done before. So I had a couple of drawings that I've been doing, I've done before, and I wrote um, an essay. Like, I think it took me about two days to write an essay. If there's one thing that I took out of high school was how to write an essay, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, "Boy, I can do an essay." So I wrote an essay, and I remember that I had uh, seven hundred fifty um, to my name at the time. So I either had to go to Rosebank, drop it off, and walk back to Alex, or walk to Rosebank and take a cab. So I decided that I'm gonna take a cab from Alex to Rosebank and drop it off, then walk back. Mm. Uh, bought like a brown envelope, put everything in with my name and details and everything in my CV and my metric results. And I dropped it off at, at Rosebank at the zone. And I can tell you like the walk from the zone to Alex, I was the happiest boy alive because I could just dream. I'm like, yo, I'm going to work. I'm going to buy a car. I'm, you know, when you're so naive, when you're like 21, you don't understand like all these things. Like you think that as soon as you start working, your life mm. is just gonna 
come into into play everything is going to fall into place so i was just like dreaming i'm like i'm gonna buy my mother a house i'm not gonna be broke anymore you know i'm gonna move out of alex uh, so that walk was i, I don't even it, it, it was one of the most joyful walks i think if it rained at some point but like i didn't care you know my thing was that i'm, I'm gonna go to school and i was so confident and arrogant at the time i like i'm like like, I know I'm going to get it. Why wouldn't I get it? I'm the greatest drawer in the world. You can't tell me anything. Like, my, my, my confidence at that age was, was like, yo, it, it, it got me a lot of things, actually. It, but it was, it, was, it was mammoth, you know? Well, it was I mean, at, the same time, I mean, at the same time, I do believe that we manifest, we manifest our things, right? And, and, sometimes, yeah, and, yeah. Some, and sometimes believing it to be true uh, makes it true. Yeah. So, so my, my, like, so, so that's what happened. So the irony is that you, because you got it. Like you were one of the first, and I got, people, you, you're like, one of the first people to get, to get that scholarship. Yeah. So, and actually in my mind, in every ounce of my body, I was like, there's no one else in this world who deserves this thing more than me. I don't care who you are. I'm more talented than everyone else in this world. And I actually believed it. And, you know, when you look back, you're just like, yeah, you're cool, but like not the most. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, then obviously now every morning you wake up and, and, and you listen to YFM because they're announcing the winners. So they're announcing Rosebank College, they're announcing everyone, they're not, they're not announcing Boston Media House. And at some point I'm like, I man, it can't be. What do you mean? Like I haven't heard any of the winners and, and I didn't get the scholarship. Who the hell got that scholarship? So at some point, I was just like, you know what? It is what it is. I'm just going to wait for uh, the interview process uh, and pick and pay, then go to school and, and pay for my own fees. So my mother had this, she, she, she used to do this thing every morning where she would tell me what to do during the day with the house or maybe mm. I needed to do some, but like I'm half asleep most of the time when she sure. tells me these things. So she tells me these things and I was just like, okay, sharp. Yeah. And she leaves. Then I go back to sleep. Then there's a phone call that comes in just after she leaves. And I'm like, who the hell calls at eight o'clock in the morning, you know? And I'm away. I'm, I'm half asleep. And I, I answer the call. They're like, guy, can you speak to George? And I'm like speaking. Uh, we're calling you from YFM. Uh, you've got the scholarship to go study at Boston Media House. I'm like, oh, thank you very much. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh my God. I, I was screaming on my own because my brother's at school. I'm just, it's just me at, at home. Everyone has gone to work at school. And I'm screaming. I'm taking down the, the address because they said that I must go to Rivonia. Uh, this person is waiting for you. They've got all your details. I was screaming, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" I, I didn't even take a bath. I was just like, "I," you know, I was just like, "I'm just gonna go there." So, my mother didn't have a cell phone at the time, so I called her work, mm. and I said, "They're like, I'm like, is she there?" They're like, "No, she hasn't arrived yet." And I'm like, "Just tell her that her son got the scholarship and she's going to school." So my mother, when she tells me the story. So as soon as she got, she gets to work, her co-workers are starting to, to sing a hymn. Mm. And she's like, okay, what's happening? Why are you guys singing? You know? And they're like, um, 
So my mother called me Gladwin. Family calls me Gladwin. They're like, uh, Gladwin called and, and, and said that he's got a scholarship. So she just, she just broke down and cried. And she's just like, that was one of the best uh, moments of my life because as a parent, you're very worried because uh, if my father was alive, he was going to be able to help. Mm. But he's no longer here. And it's still fresh because he's dealing with her own grief. Yeah. And we just finished school. And now there's no plan, really. And out of nowhere, the scholarship comes through and you're going to school, you know? And, and she was just happy. She was very supportive. And she was just like, I need to make sure you eat, you, you clothe, you know, it might not be expensive stuff, but you have uh, clothing on your back and, and you make sure that you pass because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, mm. you know? Because there's something to be because said about, about how experiences, how we have, sometimes mm. we have certain experiences that actually change the entire trajectory. Like we don't know how yeah. our lives would have panned out, but um, in essence, like change the trajectory of, you know, of your life. That, 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 it was that moment. It changed everything about, about myself, how I looked at the world. I think I, 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 I began to be even kinder as well because uh, even that experience brought me closer to God because I, I, I didn't think much about miracles or anything like that, you know? Uh, but after that, my life completely changed, like day and night, definitely. So um, I, I went to the school and I asked the, the people who, I think she was a lecturer, her name was Michelle. And I asked her what, why she picked mine. You know, she's like, actually, your, your essay was funny. It was quite funny. And I was just like, how? I'm putting down my heart here. And you are saying it's funny. But you know what? It's fine. We are here now. <laughs> you know? And, and later I found out it was out of like 10,000 like applicants. Wow. And... Yeah, you got it. And 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 you I, I can't imagine my life without that event. It would have been I would have turned out completely different. Completely. Completely. Yeah, it's 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 interesting with I mean, you have interacted with, with different spaces and you've also kind of looked and evaluated or judged other things, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's all very subjective. I mean, like you're saying, yes. the lecturer talks about it was funny. Um, whether yeah. we like it or not, it's always subjective yeah. and it's always influenced by, by our views and our perceptions. Um, yeah. and, and at the same time, like I'm always, I'm always amazed by, you know, when you, when you look at certain, you know, when you look at certain things and you look at certain processes and, yeah. and how much people put into those processes. When you have been the person behind the scenes and it was just like, yo, like we were under pressure and we just needed to make a decision and this yeah. is what influenced our decision. But we tried to do yeah. it from the most open space possible. Yeah, right? no, true. Yeah. But then so, it has the ability to change life. Like, and, and, and the, the funny thing, and obviously now, uh, a couple of years ago, I was on the other side. Hmm. where I had to make a decision about giving someone a scholarship because I think we've given I've given like about six scholarships so far um, and there was one this one kid um, our offices were still in Randburg so we said come through I, I picked two kids hmm. and I was like come through 
and let me interview you. And this kid, um, Philemon, and he told me about where he's from. And it, I, like I could relate. It literally is the same place that I come from. Mm. You know, the same situation that I was in a couple of years ago, he's in that situation. And, and, and you could see that he has no plan after this. He has no, he has got nowhere to go. There's no hope. There's no uncle. There's no, there's nothing. And this is this one opportunity that he has just to better himself and better his family. And, and I gave it to him. And, and actually he's one of the, 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 the few people who graduated because out of six people that got the scholarship, only two graduated, finished. Sure. Um, and, and a couple of weeks ago, uh, so he's working with me on Marvin. So I had to give him my laptop uh, because I don't use it as much so that he can help me with Marvin. And, and he invited me to his home and I got to meet his mother. So they live Gotenbisa, uh, in a shack. And I was driving like the GLS at the time. And um, I, I had to explain to the mother to be like, don't, don't look at the car. Where you are right now, that's where I'm from. You know, it might be hard to believe because now I'm clean and I'm, I look the part, but where you are right now, that's where I'm from. So I explained the same the, the same thing that I explained now where DJ Fresh changed my life. And it's, it's, it's like, a, I don't know if it's a 360 or 180, where now I'm sitting here and I've changed this boy's life completely. And the mother is like, thank you very much. I did not have a plan. We don't have money. And she would tell me that there were times where she had to give him money to go to school and she would go to the taxi rank and ask people to be like, so I can just get to work. Mm. And when I get to work, there's someone else who will borrow me money to come back and I'll sort them out month end. And, and, and those are just the, the, the moments where you're just like, you know, God works, works in mysterious ways. And at the, but at the same time, it's, in, it's, yeah. it's like there are, there are so many people like there's yes. so many people coming from that kind of that level of of need and desperation. Um, yes. That sometimes it can feel it can feel very big in terms of trying to deal yes. with. It. So I mean, yes. what I, what I find commendable and what I find interesting. I mean, one of my favorite lines is the best way to eat an elephant is the bite at a time. And it's like, yes. you know, if if you can help one person, help one person. Rather than sitting and going, yo, the problem is so big, I don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. No, true, true, true. Because my, my thing was that I, I know exactly where these people are coming from. You know, my parents didn't have money for me to go to school. I would have turned out differently. Um, yeah, my life would be different. And if, because like, I, I, I personally asked DJ Fresh and I was like, yo, what you did for me, can I, I want to do it for other people. And he's like, yeah, I've got a budget of a million. I can give you like a hundred K or 200 K there just to start off, you know? And we, he linked me up and, and showed me the processes and it ran for a good four years, you know, mm. and others squandered the, the opportunity, but others, it literally is like a night and day where it gave them hope. Um, 
you know so so that's that's those are the things that um if there's one thing that I, I know that I've done right is 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 to send people to school because I've sent my sister to school I've sent my brother to school um yeah because I understand the importance mm. of school you know what I mean it can and, change and, and how it change, it how it changes the mind I think the it, it's it's I think uh I often believe that a lot of the challenges, particularly in this country, um, but yeah. you know, just it seems simplistic. But sometimes yeah, it's, it's not just it's not just it's one is the opportunity to interact with certain yeah. spaces, but interacting in those new yeah. spaces give you a different way of seeing the world and seeing yourself within that world. Yeah, I mean, you're talk, you're talk, yeah. I mean, you're talking about driving, you know, driving a particular car, but what people yeah. would know is that because you review cars, right? Yeah. So if I see yeah. you in a different car every week, somebody yeah. may have a particular perception, but it's like, no, but that's part of the, your work, right? Of work, yeah, it's yeah. part of work. And and even getting to the position where it's like, okay, it's my work. And and yeah. not, you know, other people, other people probably, you know, other people would probably present it as, yeah, and I've got multiple cars and, this is how I'm living, yeah, right? This yeah. is how I'm living <laughs> because because you you're trying to create a particular image. Yeah, like like I, I I struggled with 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 that at the beginning because I didn't want to be known as uh, I have a lot of cars because it's easy, like you're saying, it's easy for me to say that I've got a lot of cars because every other week I'm driving a different car, and uh, it's easy to believe. But I need, um, it's important for me to be authentic and to be true because literally I haven't had a car in the last five years uh, because I sold my car. Then I started uh, reviewing these cars, which is, um, it helps for me to move around as well. But you need to be authentic um, because, uh, and also know why you're doing this thing because I'm doing it for work. No, it, it's, it's, it's it's a bonus that obviously I get to have access to these cars, but it's it's literally for work, and um, you have to be authentic about it. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So let's let's talk work a bit, but let's talk. Let's. Yeah. I want to skip over you know the work that you did, for example, as yeah. know, art director, creative yeah. designer. Mm. Um, yeah. How you and I started interacting is you yes. you have a you have a passion for media. Uh, yes. That that surpasses even those of us who at the time were sitting in the middle of the meeting. You're listening to the Listen to Your Footsteps podcast. Conversations with Africans who are navigating this world on their own terms, all while trying to live life to the best of their ability. Um, yeah. And so you started, or I think the first thing you started was was the Studio Eighty Three. So actually, that was my second. So, okay, so <laughs> what is it about? In the beginning, it was magazine, and it's been, yes. it. I mean, it's felt like it's been focused on magazine, and now it's the different iterations of what a media company looks like. But what yes. is it about magazine that? I mean, you and I used to have these back and forth Twitter conversations, like where you'd fight me on Twitter <laughs> because I was I was working in magazine. What is it about magazine? It's 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 the storytelling. 
So for me, like, I couldn't see... When I read magazines, because I love magazines, I like I still have like Y Mags and stuff like that, and and True Love. I used to collect and read them. Uh, the older I got, the person that I was, I was not represented anywhere, you know. And a lot of the times, uh, when you interact with people who are in the magazine industry, they're very traditional in their thinking. You know, at the time, even having a website was such a taboo type mm. of kind of thing, you know? And you are just like this young kid who doesn't really have uh, any background to be like, what's right, what's wrong? And, but you're arrogant about your talent or your abilities and you are willing to fight anyone for it, you know? And, and I think that's, that's what um, got me further because I remember when, when I, uh, was it the way when I got the job at YMAG? So what? I, what? I, okay. So let me start with YMAG. So YMAG, I love YMAG with all my heart. So after that, you get uh, a scholarship from from YFM. So it's even bigger now. And now they were going through a, a a phase where the covers look terrible. This doesn't look nice, and it's not the YMAG that you know. Mm. So I had a. Uh, uh, I met at home at G2 and I designed three different covers. Scanned the images, designed, and I sent it to them. And I was like, this is what YMAG should look like. I'm your guy. I'm better than anybody else who has ever worked on YMAG. I am the greatest of all time. Literally a long email to the editor. And they're like, okay, these, these covers are nice. And um, do you mind working on another cover? Yo, I lost it, eh? I lost it. And I was just like, you guys got to be fucking kidding me. I've worked literally two weeks on these covers because my machine was so slow. Mm. So what I would do is that I would design, design, design. Then when it's time for eating, I would click save and go eat. Come back an hour later, still saving. So the process was so long. And also I didn't have like a, like a desk and stuff. So we had a chest of drawer. So I put my machine on top of the chest of drawer. So I would design standing most of the time. So when somebody else after that asked you to design a fourth cover, just so that you can show you're talented, I was just like, you guys know. Like I went off at them. And uh, I, think, I think a couple of months later, they reached out again. They're like, there's a position uh, for, for an art director, you key. And I was just like, guys, I'm your man, you know? So, 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 so that kind of arrogance has gotten me to, to trouble, into trouble. And it has gotten me opportunities as well, because, um, this is a funny story. I don't know if you know, uh, a photographer called Thierry Lejus. No, I don't. He's a, he's a French photographer who, owned a magazine called French. Okay. Thierry Lejus is like shoots Mopians, basically. Anybody who is famous, that's what he shoots. I sent that guy a long email telling him that he should work with me. That's how, that's how much I believed in myself. Like now that I think about it, I was just like, yeah. But I sent, I sent him a couple of emails saying that, I think you should work with me. I'm the best thing that you've ever seen. And this is my work. Didn't answer. 
followed like that's that's how i was at 23 24 like i really believed in myself and so, so much. i, de- so I definitely I feel I, i definitely feel better because at the same time you were sending me tweets and going what are you doing yeah. destiny man you must be doing xyz Uh, until until I called you into the office. <laughs> But our conversation was slightly different. Yeah, because like I, like I was really passionate. I'm like, I'm very passionate about magazines. And like, yes, that's how I was like, I called you. Can't be doing this. Do this, do that. Because that's, I, I really, really love magazines so much. And I love pushing uh, the envelope, you know? And and and, and that's, that's, I think, Even now, even with Marvin, like I push the envelope. That's 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 part of who I am now. I believe, you know. So what what is the evolution? The evolution. So Studio eighty three. You said it was your what? Your probably second. your second one. Um, yes. Studio eighty three did gain some prominence, but that was also because I think it was the early days of Twitter. Um, yes. And, and so the, the platform was there to be able to expose a lot more. Um, yes. Why why did you start those? What was What was the focus and why did you yeah. end up leaving them to move to the next thing? So the, the, my, my first uh, magazine was called Culture Shock. Like that one didn't even make it anywhere, really. I think I was the only person who saw it and I'm gladly so. <laughs> then then Studio 3 was the second one where at least it made it out then started working with Lebuha, then we did a website and, and, and it grew. Uh, the, the, the the thing with Studio 83 is that I, I, I literally outgrew the platform, you know. I started it when I was 22. Mm. By the time you're in year 28, you have different problems, you know. You don't want to be heard anymore. You want to have a conversation, you know. Uh, where 22, you're just like, excuse me, I want to be heard. These are my ideas. This is what I want. The world needs to be this way. Where 28, you're just like, okay, the world, not everything is for me. So I'm going to focus on one, two, three, because that's when actually I started uh, having the ideas of Marvin and, and, and playing around with the idea of Marvin when it was called modern man at the time, mm-hmm. you know, and it was such a terrible name to give a magazine, but like, that's all I had at that time, you know, but like, yeah, that, I, think, cool. I think at that time in the space, uh, particularly because, yeah. Like you said, you didn't see anything that reflected you. So you wanted something that reflected you as a, let's call it a modern African yes. yeah. black man within within this kind of global world. But at that time, yeah. everything was, I mean, there was, I was a destiny man. There was fantastic, yeah. there was fantastic yeah. man. There was, I think the thinking around media and the thinking around magazine was this very, As, as men's publications are trying to find themselves. Yes, no, true, true. So that's when I, I was playing, it was around 2010, I was playing around with the idea and only in 2015, it, it, it started, I, I had the balls to go at it again. So like, yeah, so I had Studio 80, I had Culture Shock, then had Studio 83. Then there was another one in the middle called uh, Celebrate Life. So Celebrate Life was a, was a dedication publication, actually, um, where uh, we had a friend, uh, I don't, probably you knew her from the magazine industry, Lele Tulumkwan. Yeah, I think I met her before. She, yeah, she, she used to be the editor of True Love Babe. 
Hmm. So we're close friends and I dated her as well. So as a group, we came together to do a dedication um, of a publication towards her. So obviously we couldn't call it celebrating Lily too. We had to find another um, term that made sense. So we, we went to with, uh, celebrate life. So we got her friends, the first issue, we only had two issues with that. So the, the first issue was people that were very close to her to write um, um, articles about celebrating life because that's what she was about. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the idea was obviously just to carry on the essence of celebrating life. But it became difficult because I was running it with other people and we clashed with ideas. And also it was, it was more female orientated. So I, like, I'm not, I'm not a woman. So it was hard to relate or to direct or to think what issues to tackle and stuff. So we only did two issues. Then also the reason, because of those reasons, it, it died as well. Then uh, later on, uh, it was an opportunity for Marvin because I was at that point where I needed to redefine myself as a man, uh, what I want to be like, what I want to look like, but I couldn't find that man anywhere else. So I was like, I think this is a good opportunity for me to to start having a conversation about uh, this man. I mean, Marvin Marvin has gone through interesting well not in, interesting not iterations because marvin's kind of been marvin since the beginning um yeah. but the, the one thing you've always done you've always been primarily online um, yes why is that i mean have you at any stage thought about like a well i mean now it's we're in a different very different space but like yeah. 2015 2016 2017 um, the idea of a print publication was still something that was there. Yeah, I, to be honest, I thought to myself, it, it was never going to be a good idea to go uh, print because it's so expensive. Mm. Like, um, I remember with why, just to take one magazine out, it was like around four or 500,000, mm. just one issue, you know? And, and, and print and distribution would be, almost like 300,000, 350,000 just for print and distribution, you know? And you're just like, nah, this doesn't add up, you know? So for myself, um, I thought, let's, 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 online has come, has come up, it's, it's getting better. So let's just do online and let's see how far it goes, you know? Uh, I played around with the idea because a lot of people, when you go to advertisers and brand managers, they'd be like, yeah, we see online, but what about you do print? And you think about it, but you're like, nah, it's not worth it. Unless if you do like a, a collectibles, you know, once a year type of kind of thing. But um, print was not an idea that I thought would work. Yeah, I think you know that I'm a fan of that idea, that idea of, one issue a year or two, yes, issue, two yes. issues a year um, mm. where it's being used, yes, for advertising, but also just as a, let's call it a marker. Yeah. So so I'd, I would rather have done that than to come out every month. And you could see that publications 
are struggling just to keep, and, and these are publications that have backing, that have infrastructure, that have everything. So as you as an independent, it didn't make sense uh, for you to be um, fantasizing about print, to be honest, you know? What are some of the biggest things that you've learned in terms of in this journey, like particularly over the last couple of years, in, in terms of yeah. as a business person, as a media person, um, because you're no more just a graphic designer. You you own a media yeah. company. You know? um, yeah. What What are some of the What are some of the biggest things that you've learned over the last couple of years? <sighs> my, my, the biggest things that I've learned, I think, is um, money is important uh, because without without money, your dreams um, they will not go anywhere. You know. Uh, people are quite very important as well because people are the ones who help you get to those dreams, whether it's uh, clients, whether it's friends, it's always people that are connecting the dots. And uh, partnerships are very important as well. You know, uh, The people that you partner with uh, can determine whether the business works or it doesn't. Um, I think also setting your own path because like I've, I've had this conversation with you as well is that like in South Africa right now there isn't any publication that is pushing envelopes or that is doing things that are interesting that is out there you know uh, a lot of them they're just taking a picture and it's nicely retouched it's pretty and you're putting it out there and those kind of things don't work nowadays because um you can't have a pic, like I can't put you on the cover and your Instagram pictures are better than the cover. Do you get what I mean? Hmm. And you see that a lot. And 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 you just like it doesn't work that way. A magazine cover needs to be like, yeah, man, I couldn't, I can't do that. That team does what they do because they're great. But Nakiliwan on my own, I can't do that. Sometimes now because of or social media, you find people who have better images than, than the covers that they that they grace, you know? So but there's I, no creativity and stuff. At the same time, are we stuck on this idea, even though we've shifted, like we've shifted, let's say, digitally, right? But stuck yeah. on idea of a particular format. Uh, because, yeah. b- because for me, the idea of a magazine, um, the idea yes. of a cover... It's it's like we've taken we've taken the format that sat in print, yeah. and we've tried yes. to force that and impose that online. Yes, yes. So so there was there was a point where I think the industry was going through. They were trying to figure themselves out to be like, are we going to kill print and just do digital, or can the two coexist? And if they coexist, how do they coexist? So now that a lot of print publications have, have died, a, a lot of people now, like, I don't know, there's a trend that I see where people just put on the cover and, and that's it. And that's the issue. And you're just like, okay, so there's just the cover and the cover story and that's it. And that's the issue. And you're just like, so what happened to the other things? Because a, a whole entire magazine has sections. There's mm. a, um, the cover story, there's travel, there's gadgets, there's relationships, there's all of those things. So 
how our format would work is that we'd do it, uh, we'd do a cover quarterly. So from um, Jan to, to March, uh, it'd be one cover. But between those spaces, we uploading articles on a daily of different things, different topics, different uh, ideas, whatever the case may be. But those things is something that is uh, influenced by someone who's on the cover. So if we put you on the cover, we'd put some of the cars that you like, you like cigars, have conversations about cigars, type of kind of thing, you know, so mm. that it feels like a, a magazine, an extension of you of, yeah. of yourself. Where, where now people just put on the cover and the uh, what you call this and a cover story and they die. And you're just like, okay, is that where it's at? You know? So I I, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, but maybe it works for, for social media, but not necessarily for 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 content and, and, hmm. and, and so magazine format. What is Marvin today? Like who and what is Marvin today? And I asked that no, I still, n- knowing the transitions you're going through and the <laughs> the, the making sense of life process that, that we go through on a daily basis. So I think Marvin is a magazine. I still believe it's a magazine, but it's it's transforming to a platform. It's much mm-hmm. more of a platform now and where we're going as well. Um, it, it makes, I think at the beginning, it was easier to, to say it's a magazine because when you say, when people say what's Marvin, you're like, it's a magazine, they understand the idea of a magazine. They're like, oh, okay, so there's articles, there's this, there's this, there's that. And you show it to them and they get it, which is fine. So now it's moving further into more of a platform because um, app, reselling stuff, all of those kind of things that we're building as well. It's much more moving towards a community um, uh, platform than anything else, which is, is, is a good way to, to take it, actually. And is, is the... Has the editorial strategy of your pillars evolved in any particular way? Or do you feel do you feel that there's still a need to kind of represent a certain type of man or certain conversations that carry over from when you first started to today? The, the, I think the men haven't really changed or the 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 idea or or the mandate hasn't changed. It's still the focus is black men, you know. And actually, the more the more I the more you work on this, the more you realize that actually, it's 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 what we should be working more. We should be putting even more funds into a space like Marvel because you've seen how the impact of men in this country, and we've seen that uh, as much as. Uh, Men, men are the biggest problem in society, in, 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 in this country, where uh, the women and children are not safe because of the men. The violence is the men. This is the men. The man is the center of it. But nobody's speaking to that guy. Nobody cares about that guy. Nobody's saying, actually, how did you get here? Every, like the only time people care about men, it's, it's either when you have money or when you have killed or raped or you've done something bad. That's the only time, you know? So... I think now more than ever, um, we need to focus on that conversation because there are men who want to be better, but they don't know where. They, 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 there's no blueprint. There's no place for them to go out and say, actually, 
I'm not okay because I'm depressed. I'm not okay because uh, I lost my job and I'm scared that my relationship is in danger, you know? So those things nobody wants to speak about. Uh, and there's no space for men to speak without any judgment or fear. Mm. So I think now more than ever, we need a platform like Marvin because of what we're going through as men and as a society as well. And, and to, to start to wind down, um, yeah, because I know you 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 have a son, and your son is now is just over one. Ne? Yeah, it's fourteen months now. And and it's been interesting for me watching your journey with that. Um, <laughs> but and 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 I have two kids, and you know you know I'm quite engaged with with the thinking behind, or I'm engaged with the process of being a parent. Um, yeah. But how has he? How has he started to kind of influence and shift your thinking? Every like yes, like this guy has changed everything. Like everything that I do now is for my family. Like if if it doesn't benefit my family, I don't do it. If it doesn't benefit them now or in the future, I don't do it. Um, like even my schedules has has changed because. I literally take care of him half of the day, every day. So we, we both, my, my wife and I both work at home. So, so she works for an American company. So she starts her day, starts at two. Mm. So I need to make sure by the time I get to two, I've done the, the hard work, you know. But after that, I can do like calls, I can do emails over the phone and stuff, but I'm taking care of my son. So every single day we spend time together, just me and him, which is something that I don't think it's, it's, it's not a norm, but mm. it's something that even with my business, I tell people that we can do anything before two, but after two, I can't cause I'm, it's, you know, daddy duties. Yeah. So he's, he's influenced everything, even where we live right now. Uh, we've got a place that has a garden because of him. He likes to play around. He likes to walk. He likes to do those things. And, you know, you want a private garden where he can do those things without any fear or any anything that's going to endanger him. So everything that I do right now, it's really, I think of my family first. Then I'm like, is is it going to benefit them? Then I'm going to like, okay, sure, let's, let's do it. If it doesn't, then I just leave it. Mm, I've told you before, wait till you're starting to think about school and then you're going, okay, where am I going to live, so that I'm close yeah. to so that I'm close to a school, and and that then it becomes a decision for the next what ten years or eighteen years or whatever, yeah. whatever it is. No, definitely, no, definitely, definitely. So so it, it it's but also like I think I think I think also when you are there's one thing when 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 you are involved, dad, and and you welcoming this child into the world, um, it's easy decisions. You know, it's easy for you to let go of this, let go of that. But now if you still want to be cool or want to be, because you change as a dad, as soon as you have a child, your life changes. But Mm -hmm. if you're still holding on to your past life, then it's going to be a problem. Then, you know, you're going to want to live in a penthouse while you have a two-year-old, which doesn't make sense, you Mm -hmm. know. Or you you want to have a, a coupe, a, a two door seater, 
with the two-year-old is not going to make sense, <laughs> you know? I think that's a metaphor for life in general, right? Is that yeah. there's, there's certain things, and if you if we're all constantly trying to hold on to an idea of what was, even yeah. as even as we are evolving as people, even as the world around us is evolving, um, that's yeah. when it creates problems. Like like I sit and I, yeah. so, for, so for example, I sit and I look at the time that we're in, and I remember yeah. last year, everybody was talking about this idea of a new normal. And it's like, but yeah. you can't talk about what the new normal is until we get out of the situation we're in. We're still in the yeah. middle of, we're still in the middle of it. So there is no new normal. Yeah. And everybody keeps on talking about when can we get, get back to? And it's like, no, but we, we're never going to be able to get back to what life was like in, in, yes. in, in November 2019. Like, yes. it's never going to happen. And, no, and it's not. if you look around the world, I mean, every time we come out of a lockdown and people jump back into groove, and it's like you're trying to go back to something. And you, <laughs> you keep setting us back because you're trying to go back to something instead of looking and going, okay, what? What do you want it to look like in the future? Yeah, because I, I think it's 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 hard to let go because of uh, like it like if you're if you've been popular before, it's nice to be liked. It's nice to be to be recognized by 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 people to be like, oh, that's George from Marvin. It's nice. It 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 does something to your confidence and your self worth. So w- when you take away those things. Uh, you're gonna be reluctant to to explore new 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 avenues, even if it's good for you. So mm-hmm. so people don't want to let go of, of of those little things because um, it it's a space that they recognize, a space that they're comfortable in, and they know how to navigate in those spaces. And they don't want to explore new ideas or how to evolve or grow. You know, because change is not is not easy. It's not easy for anyone, you know. Mm. It's not easy for anyone. So people struggle with that, um, and they don't embrace it, and therefore they want to hold on to what they used to be, you know, instead of finding new ways of the new, new ways mm. of living. My last mm. question: How do you separate, mm. like you're, like you're just saying, like we we yeah. live in an, an environment, we live in a society where value is placed on us because mm-hmm. of the things that we do or the p- people that we associate with, etc. How yeah. how do you separate that? I mean, how how do you because you're the boy from Alex, but then yes. you've gone through this journey where you have accomplished certain things and you've built your own businesses, etc. Yeah. etc. Cetera, et yeah. cetera. And then there's yeah. that idea of 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 George you know, hanging out in Santa and driving the fancy cars, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, um, yeah. How do you, how do you, where do you, where do you see your value? Where do you place your value? And how do you keep it separate from like the numbers and the likes and the comments and the associations and the spaces? Like, so I, like, I, I see the value in myself. I think, I think I'm a, I'm a, I'm a great um, artist, uh, designer, creative. I'm a great creative. And anything that I do uh, will have impact, whether it becomes big or not. 
And everything that I do comes from the heart. So I'm not doing it for other people. I'm doing it for myself because that's what I want to do. So the other part of how people see me, it doesn't really impact me much. I, I Like I see it as I deserve this life. Like I deserve these nice cars that are not mine. I deserve holidays. I, I, I really do deserve them. And, and, and I want to live them and explore them and experience them and build my own world and, you know, teach my son the lessons that he needs to, to, to learn. And, and, and that's how I see it. I, like, I don't really care much for, for what people think of me, uh, but I really care much about my work and, 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 the, and, the, and, the, and the impact that I'm going to leave behind, you know, uh, because you'll meet someone who's like, George is great, is an amazing guy. Then you meet someone else like, hey, George is an ass, you know? So it's always subjective. But uh, when you put out my work out there and, and, and when, you, when I put out my heart on my sleeves, the, the idea or the essence of it is the same. It's like, George is great or George does great work. And, and I push that forward more than anything else. Everything else... Because the cars, the travel, the likes, all of those things uh, are means to an end, man. Yeah. You know, I'd rather have relationships and people that I care about and people to care for me as well. I'd rather have that uh, because that's more value than, than, than being like online as well. Cool. Thank you very much. Mm. I hope I gave you stuff. <laughs> what you hope you gave me content. Yeah, that's what the, I hope I gave you content. Isn't what they say these days. So can I can I say one last thing, right? Um, there's a piece that I've been thinking about, uh, especially when it has to about Marvin, is that since I've had a son, um my, how I think uh about him and his environment has really changed, you know. And I think about the boy child a lot because I don't think a lot of people care much about the boy child. Um, even how I was raised, as much as my dad was very involved, but like in, ge- in general, as boys were raised, they're left to the, to the wilds to figure themselves out while the girls are getting a lot of guidance to be like, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, do it this way. Then when those boys come back, and are savages. Now everybody wants to complain, you know? So, so it, it's something that I think everyone needs to be aware of that it starts very early. Uh, if you're able to teach them well and show them, obviously, because kids learn from doing, yeah. then it gets better, you know? So teach them because, like, there's an article that I'm working on where I'm exploring the ideas of the pain women inflict on men. And as soon as even you say that line in jail already, you can already feel like people are going to fight you for it, you know, because there's a lot of pain that uh, a lot of boys, a lot of men go through that it comes from the women, but nobody speaks about them, you know. And those are the kind of things that um, I'm more interested in unpacking, maybe in conversations, maybe in, in over whiskey and all of those things so that uh, these kids can know better to be like, let me not go there because I've heard 
it's not a good idea or I listen to this podcast and stuff like that. So I think we must just take care of those little boys because if you don't, they're going to be the monsters that we worry about in the future. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, a, it's, it's, it's always a two-way, I think it's a two-way thing. Mm. I have a boy yeah. and a girl. Um, and yeah. one of the things, I mean, I've written about it, but one of the things I always say is that um, there are certain things that, that I try to teach both of them. But, yeah. you know, the, the, princip- the principle is the same. I just need yes. to teach it in a different way for, for, yes. for, for, with each one. Um, you know, so I mean, something I, I don't expect my, so I, I tell my daughter she can do or be anything that she wants to be. Right. Um, And she shouldn't have to, she shouldn't have to suppress herself. Yes. In spaces, right. To be able to navigate spaces. But I also have to teach my son that he should not expect the women around him to yes. suppress themselves within for, him. Cer- for him within certain spaces. Yeah. So yes, they yes. Should, everybody should be able to show up as themselves yeah. um, fully, you know? Um, yeah, no, definitely. But yeah, I mean, look, there's, there are so many conversations to be had. And, and like you were saying earlier on, like I really believe, you know, the, the violence, the misogyny, mm. the patriarchal world that we live in, um, mm. As men, we are the perpetrators. So it needs, it needs us to have those conversations and make the change. Yeah. Uh, right yeah, now, I mean, one of my favorite lines is, you know, you can't, you know, black people have been talking about racism forever. But as yeah. a victim of something or as they're oppressed, you can't fix a system. It needs the oppressor to recognize, yeah. to recognize yes. and actually start to change and fix the system. Um, yes. and, and so we have a world where women are, you know, women are trying to fix the system, but until we sort ourselves out, definitely the system will never, will never change. Or if it changes, it'll you change I mean? slowly. Yeah. So that's, that's what I like. It'll be my lifelong mission to, 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 to get those things so that, cause like, I, I feel like if, if, like my son is is like a clean slate, you mm-hmm. know. I need to teach him the the the, the value of of women, uh, uh, the value that I was raised on as well. To be like, you need to be this kind of a man, and he needs to see it from me, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but also at the same time, we need to have those conversations where we say that how do we fix it, and 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 how do we make sure that also whoever's in pain. Um, they are heard as well because it's pointless to say we're going to change the system, but you are not hearing Kojo's pain to be like, but no, I was hurt this way. That's why I became a monster. You need to start there and say, okay, Kojo, tell us why did you become a monster? Okay, cool, sharp, we heard you. And how can we fix it? Then we start fixing it. But those conversations are not happening and things are just getting worse, which is mm. my worry that we'll leave a worse of world for our kids as well. Sure. Mm. All right, boss. Thank you very you, much for having you, me. You gave me you gave me content. Thank you. That's all I asked for. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Listen to Your Footsteps podcast. 
please do subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening and share with friends you feel would enjoy the conversation. I would also appreciate thoughts and or comments on my site, kochabafa.com. This episode was edited by Nthlangano Shabalala. Show music by Kweku Bafa.